Good morning. Welcome to Christ for Us. This is Pastor Rolf Preuss. That portion of the Word of God that we shall read and consider today, the Holy Ghost has caused to be recorded in St. Matthew chapter 10, verses 26 through 33, where we read as follows these words of our Lord Jesus. Therefore, do not fear them, for there is nothing covered that will not be revealed and hidden that will not be known. Whatever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light, and what you hear in the ear, preach on the housetops. And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin, and not one of them falls to the ground apart from your Father's will? But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, him I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. Let us pray. These are your words, Holy Father. Sanctify us by your truth. Your word is truth. Amen. Faith alone makes us Christians. Confession alone marks us as Christians. Only God can judge the heart. Only God can see what we really and truly believe. Nobody but God can see our faith, but the whole world can hear our confession of the faith. Christians confess their faith. The reason someone won't confess his faith is because he has no faith to confess. St. Paul describes the relationship between believing and confessing in Romans 10, verses 8 through 10, where he writes, But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth, and in your heart. That is, the word of faith which we preach, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Faith and confessing the faith go together. It's possible to confess insincerely and not believe a word of it. We leave the judging of faith to God. We can only see the confession of faith, and we can examine it in light of God's word to see if it is true or not. Jesus says, Whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. He's not talking about confessing sins. We're not required to confess our sins before the world. We confess them to God. We confess them to those we have offended, and we seek to be reconciled to them. We go to the minister of Christ, confess our sins against God and our neighbor, and receive absolution from the pastor as from Christ himself, confident that the absolution of Christ's minister is from Christ. But here Jesus is talking about confessing our faith, and our faith is public. To confess means to say together the same thing and to do it publicly. Our confession of sins may be private, but there's no such thing as a private confession of the faith. Our confession of the Christian faith is public for the whole world to see. Jesus says, For there is nothing covered that will not be revealed and hidden that will not be known. Whatever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light, and what you hear in the ear, preach on the housetops. 
Our faith is personal. I can't believe for you, and you can't believe for me. But the fact that faith is personal does not mean that it is private. It's not. Faith is a public matter. Baptism is a public event, even if only a couple of people are there to witness it. The Christian faith has always been confessed publicly. It's not just the personal opinion or feeling or experience of an individual Christian. Christian confession is confessing the truth that belongs to the whole church of God. The church is not a secret society like the Masonic Lodge, where first you join and pledge loyalty, and then you are initiated into its sacred mysteries. The Christian faith is an open book. When Jesus was grilled by Annas, the high priest, and was asked about his doctrine, he replied, I spoke openly to the world. I always taught in synagogues and in the temple where the Jews always meet, and in secret I have said nothing. Why do you ask me? Ask those who have heard me what I said to them. Indeed, they know what I said. The Christian confesses Christ and his gospel. The Christian confesses the entire truth of God's word. Jesus said that we live on every word that comes out of God's mouth. We confess the entire truth of God's word when we confess Christ. Christians have always had creeds. A creed is a confession of faith. It is a statement of what we believe. St. Paul incorporated early Christian creeds into his epistles. The earliest Christian creed was, Jesus is Lord. The Apostles' Creed developed in the early church to be used at baptisms. We cannot but confess the faith into which we were baptized and that Christ has called us to confess before the world. We confess the three Catholic creeds, the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed, and the Athanasian Creed. We confess as individuals and as the church. During the 16th century in Germany, God sent his servant, Martin Luther, to reform the church. We do not call ourselves Lutherans out of loyalty to Luther. We were given the name Lutheran because we confessed the same gospel that Luther confessed, but Luther didn't come up with it. It is the biblical gospel that had been obscured, denied, and ignored by so many for so long. In the Lutheran Reformation, God brought the pure gospel to light. The gospel is God's teaching. At the heart of this teaching is that a lost and condemned sinner is forgiven of all his sins and rescued from death and hell, not by his own works, but by God's grace alone, solely through faith in Christ who offered up his life to God to make satisfaction for our sins. Here is how we confess this Christian truth in the Augsburg Confession, Article 4. Our churches also teach that men cannot be justified before God by their own strength, merits, or works, but are freely justified for Christ's sake through faith when they believe that they are received into favor and that their sins are forgiven on account of Christ, who by his death made satisfaction for our sins." This faith God imputes for righteousness in his sight. On June 25, 1530, the Augsburg Confession was presented to the Emperor Charles V in Augsburg, Germany. It was a time much like our own. The gospel was denied by high-ranking churchmen. 
Those who taught the truth suffered persecution. Radical Islamic terrorists threatened the European continent. Charles V wanted to devote his attention to fighting against them, and the Reformation distracted him from this task. So he called the meeting in Augsburg to see if matters could be resolved. Luther couldn't attend because the emperor had made him an outlaw for refusing to recant his faithful confession of the Christian teaching. But Philip Melanchthon, a brilliant theologian who had worked closely with Luther, was at Augsburg. He wrote the confession that was later read to the emperor. The Augsburg Confession confesses the truth that the church of all ages has always confessed. It clearly proclaims the truth by which sinners are saved. It stands as a faithful, biblical, evangelical, and Catholic confession of the one true Christian faith once and for all delivered to the saints. But that was long ago. Why talk about it today? Things have changed. Surely this old document can't address the issues that confront the church today. But it can. And it does. The Lutherans were under attack. They confessed. They confessed the truth. The Lutherans are under attack. Are we confessing? Or are we running away? The Augsburg Confession confesses the truth. Are we confessing it? Listen to me. When you attend a congregation, participate in the worship, commune at the altar, you're saying something. You are confessing that the teaching of that church is true. If you confess one of our church, if you attend one of our churches, you're confessing Jesus and the pure gospel. But when Jesus says, whoever confesses me before men, him will I also confess before my Father who is in heaven, he's talking about more than going to church on Sunday. We're faced with opportunities to confess all the time. What do you say? Or do we say nothing at all? Because we're afraid. Jesus said, And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. What are we afraid of? Christians are murdered for being Christians in such places as Egypt and North Korea. Christians have been persecuted throughout the ages. During the Reformation, Christians were under the threat of death for confessing the truth. What do we face? A bit of discomfort? Confess me, Jesus says. Do we or are we afraid? Or do we buy into the notion that our faith is a private matter between us and God? Jesus doesn't agree with that. He says confess it openly. Proclaim it from the rooftops. I recall visiting with a Mormon missionary about 30 years ago in East Grand Forks, Minnesota, where there is as high a concentration of Lutherans as you will find anywhere in America. When I told the missionary that the Lutheran Church was the true church because we had the true doctrine, he told me that in all of his visits to Lutherans, he had never heard a Lutheran make that claim. What a shame. Lutherans are ashamed of the pure confession of the truth. We are afraid to confess. In fact, 
Missouri Synod Lutherans who hold the sound biblical practice of closed communion, which does not invite to the Lord's Supper those of a different confession, are often embarrassed and ashamed by their church's decision to adhere to the practice of the apostles. When you commune at a church, you are confessing the teaching of that church. The problem nowadays is nobody wants to confess publicly anything at all. And so such practices as closed communion are offensive because it requires you to take a stand on what the truth is. We're afraid of telling friends and loved ones and neighbors that there is true teaching and that there is false teaching. And yes, some churches teach falsely and you shouldn't be communing there. People don't want to confess. We don't want to take a stand because we're afraid. We want to turn Jesus into our own little private Jesus that we can stick in our pocket and leave there until it's safe to take him out when nobody is watching. Listen to me, Christian. We have no reason to fear anyone but God. Confess Christ and his pure gospel. God is going to take care of you. The God who determines the fate of the sparrow and the number of hairs on your head is surely going to take care of you. Nobody ever lost anything of value by confessing Christ. The gospel that tells us how Christ has rescued us from the threatening perils of our sins by bearing those sins on the cross and washing them away by his blood is the gospel that gives us courage to confess Christ before men wherever and whenever we can. Amen. We'd like to invite you to uh, go to our website, www.christforus.org. You find lots of interesting things there and many sermons that you might want to listen to or read. We'd also like to invite you to, to attend the services of our parish. We have church at 8.30 Sunday morning at St. John Lutheran Church in Fairview and at 10 o'clock Sunday morning at Trinity Lutheran Church in Sydney. Tune in next week for the next broadcast of Christ for Our.